Hey, thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope that you'll be able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope that this message will be an inspiration to you and that you'll find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. James chapter 1 verse 5. Uh, I think we got down to verse 5 from last week. And let's see. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to us liberally or generously and without reproach. Without criticism, reproach, mildly criticize someone. So without that, without any criticism, and it will be given to them. Back in verse 2 last week, we uh, read, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy. That verse really has been a challenge, I'm sure, not just to me in my Christian walk, but to maybe everyone in this room who's ever read it and thought as you were reading it, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And uh, we just in the flesh, in the natural, cannot relate to joy and hard times. They just don't seem to go together. And yet we are dependent on joy to help carry us through the difficulties of life. We touched on last week, Jesus on the cross, going through that, that hour, those hours of trial and agony. He was not laughing on the cross. He was, he was in agony. He was in pain. He was praying. Uh, he prayed, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? And so he's, uh, he's there. He's not expressing what we would normally say, oh, look at him. He's so joyful on the cross. no. It was the joy that was set before him of seeing millions of men and women, boys and girls, teenagers, swept into the kingdom of God, loving him with all their heart, soul, and mind and strength, being delivered from the hand of the enemy, set free by his power. Amen? That was uh, the joy that was set before him that caused him to be uh, enraptured with joy internally, no physical Maybe a manifestation of it, but he had joy inside. When you're going through difficulties, when you're going through a hard time, maybe you've just lost a loved one, you're not going to be laughing and, and uh, expressing joy in that way. No, but joy will sustain you because you know you have a God to depend on. Well, I better not get back into the first four verses, but uh, various trials or various testings, uh, literally is inferred there too in verse 2, uh, various trials, various uh, testings and, and uh, difficulties of life. Um, and the Bible then says, wisdom is available to you. In other words, um, over and over and over again, when we go through difficulties, we, uh, we literally, it knocks us off our feet many times. And then we start thinking, all right, uh, what's going on, God? Why are you allowing this? Um, we talked to a young lady just recently that grew up in this church that lost her husband. And uh, she, said, she said, well, maybe one day I will understand it. 
And even as she was saying it, I just internally, uh, I felt just this breaking internally with, uh, with the expression of, of, of those words uh, with grief inside. And yet, really, she was saying, one day I am going to understand it. I don't quite understand it now, God. But uh, I can have wisdom now because wisdom says, he will show us how to deal with the difficulties of life. So if any of you lack wisdom to deal with the difficulties of life, the trials of life, uh, the test of life, the temptations of life, if you lack wisdom, ask of God and he will give it to you liberally. And so I want to challenge you. And uh, there for years, I would pray almost on a regular basis, daily basis, many times, praying for wisdom. Wisdom is the, uh, the application or the ability to take knowledge and apply it uh, effectively in our life and in the lives of others. I used to wonder, what was the difference between the spirit of wisdom or the gift of, of wisdom and the gift of knowledge. Knowledge is all of the word, uh, and wisdom is the uh, application of that knowledge uh, for our own lives and for others. So when you're going through a hard time, then you ask for wisdom, and God will show you how that's working in your life or begins to show you. It may not all come at once. Wisdom is not all revealed at once sometimes, but it comes and you start to understand. How many of you can think of maybe several things, but one thing maybe that comes to your mind that happened to you years ago, you did not understand it. It hurt, but now you're looking back and it all makes sense, all right? It all makes sense. Maybe uh, it was your upbringing. Maybe it was uh, your parents' uh, divorce. They went through and it crushed you and yet it helped because God turned it around as you yielded to him. He turned it around and is using it for his glory. He didn't cause it, but he's using it for his glory and effectiveness through your life to bless others who may be going through the same thing. That's a good place to say amen, all right? Right there. So we ask for wisdom. Let me just say, how many of you would need some wisdom tonight? All right, we're going we're gonna to stop right now. Bow your head. Not that you have to bow your head when you pray, but I don't know, maybe it just helps sometimes. Let's pray right now for wisdom. Lord, I need your wisdom. I need your wisdom, oh Lord God, to apply. Lord, the knowledge that I have, the knowledge you're giving me into application of my life to be effective toward others, God, help us all to walk in wisdom. May all the attendees of Faith Assembly be filled with your wisdom simply because we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you feel wiser already? I, I feel. I, I'm feeling a little wiser. Look around. I'm, you're looking smarter than you were five minutes ago. All right, so wisdom. And yet, I'm not making fun of the reality that we just ask for wisdom. 
And if you ask for wisdom, what happens, the Bible says. I didn't doubt when I prayed that. I, I know you didn't either. We, we received the wisdom at that moment, maybe for something that's going to be revealed later or tomorrow or even next week. The wisdom of God, uh, it, there's no reason for there to be a dumb Christian, all right? Anywhere, when you've got godly wisdom available to you in liberality, all right? So number one, God gives it to us generously, the Bible says, and that is more than enough. You got more than enough wisdom to make it through life. Oh, I don't know why bad things happen to good people. I don't know why, but, uh, uh, you know, we understand, we think, why bad things happen to bad people. But when it comes to good people, why do bad things happen to good people? And man has contemplated, woman contemplating that all through history. And yet, we, we come to a place where we're like, okay, God, my childhood was terrible. Uh, I read the biography or parts of it of Joyce Meyer. And um, she has been used incredibly to teach and preach and reach women. Uh, she's not traveling, I don't think, as much in the last year or so, of course, with COVID. But uh, before, thousands of people, mostly women, come hear her. And when I was reading her biography, um, she was always a little mystery to me as a man because she had, you know, that authoritative voice, and, and uh, it wasn't the dreamy little voice that, you know, um, that some women have, not dreamy in a bad way, dreamy in a good way, but anyway, she just, you know, and um, so uh, there's her husband sitting out there. He's as meek and mild and, and uh, loving and caring and supportive, and then I read some of her story, and as I was reading it, I could hardly believe what I was reading about her life and the hurt and the pain and, and the wounds and mostly from her father or in the majority from her father. The abuse was just, I, as I was reading it, I, I was getting mad at him. It was like, how could any man do such a hideous, horrible thing? And I don't think I had ever read anywhere to the dimension that she laid it out about a young girl's life. And didn't go into detail, but there was enough there. You were getting a clear picture of what this girl endured. And to think now, she loves God, serving the Lord. Uh, not perfect, but like none of us are yet, but I mean effectively being used mightily by God. And don't think that there were things that, or don't think there weren't things that didn't happen that God took and turned around as only he can and is using it. There, there was um, another girl um, John, uh, that came from this past marriage seminar, um, I've been in blank, Bevere. Uh, John Bevere, I've known him for a long, long time, him and Lisa. And uh, I got up early one night, in the middle of the night, uh, years ago, 
And it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. I turned the TV on, and Lisa was on there teaching. And as I sat there, I thought, oh, my goodness. She knows things that others don't know because she's been through things others haven't been through, but some have. And so as I listened, I thought, oh, my goodness, the pain has been turned into glory. And God will give you the wisdom to turn your pain into glory. Say amen. And if you've had a lot of pain, many of you, maybe more than you would ever want to confess to, God will turn your pain into God's glory, all right? No question about it. So that's one of the reasons we ask for wisdom so that we can make this application to our lives and then impact others. Um, there's no reason, um, as someone was telling me, and don't attend this church, someone was telling me not long ago, uh, someone uh, some 40 or so years of age, and she's still blaming her parents. Um, I, I would say it's probably time to stop blaming them. And if you need wisdom to apply to your life, then pray for wisdom, but don't get into the blame game. And uh, maybe, maybe somebody here is in the blame game, all right? So just close that box up, uh, put the chips away or whatever else, the, the uh, things that are part of that game in your life, put it away and store it away, uh, burn it, all right? It's even better. And just never blame them again, all right? Never blame them again. Some of you, it was a church. Hope it wasn't this one. All right, so anyway, it was a church. Uh, put it away. All right, uh, you're a big boy now. You're a big girl now. All right, and so let's stop blaming people. And uh, if we have, are having a hard time dealing with it, just say, God, give me the wisdom I need. Okay, so we must ask uh, and know that God gives liberally. Don't ask doubting, but let him ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. They are very unpredictable doubting people, all right? And James um, chapter 1, verse 9 through 11, it changes gears here a little bit, as of course, um, so much of the word does. It goes from one incredible topic to another. James chapter 1, 9, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. All right, glory in his exaltation. Maybe in that lowly position in life, came to Christ, asked for wisdom. Now he's glorying in the fact of what God's done in his life. But the rich in his humiliation, James says, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Wow. As the flower falls and its beautiful appearance perishes. That makes me almost want to cry. Because I think I mentioned it about a year ago. I bought from Home Depot the most glorious pots of impatience. White, purple, pink. I don't know what other color. They were just multicolored like 
It was like a, someone came by, one of my neighbors. It's like, and she said, it's like a representation of the church. And uh, I'm like, whatever you see there is fine with me. And so, uh, so beautiful. And I tied it to a little rope uh, out on a tree limb right in the front of my house, straight out in front of the front door so that I would see it every day as I drove by. And since we're the first house in the neighborhood, everybody else got to see it too. And I just was so proud of it because it just was like, God just helped that plant. And it got more beautiful and more beautiful, and it just overflowed. You know how they do when they just fall over the side or hanging down? Blooms everywhere. Gorgeous. And I have to admit, I got a little prideful because... I don't know what was in the rest of the neighborhood, but I know what was at our house. This gorgeous set of flowers. And then I had some others on the other side of the tree out front. And uh, people would drive by taking pictures, slow. No, I'm kidding. All right. So anyway, uh, but I was so proud of it. And it lasted and lasted. And one cold, cold night, I went out and rescued it, took it in the garage, kept it in there a couple of days, took it back out there. And in patience, if you know them, they... They go limp a little fast or fast. But then when you fill them with God's good H2O, all right, or agua, it just comes back. And these impatient, I only thought they lasted for several months. They lasted about a year and a half. Beautiful, like the flower. But pretty soon, after a year and a half, maybe it was because I... Quit taking care of it like I had been. Uh, but I looked at it the other day. I'm like, I'm ashamed of you. And no, it was sticking up long and spikes and little flower at the top. Just a shell of itself. And uh, I just thought, well, it's probably time to throw it away. I think Alice wanted me to. But I just couldn't bring myself. To do it. But the James says, I don't know why I was just touching to me to remember the flower. All right, so anyway, all right. Because as a flower, the field will pass away. The rich man, the rich woman, if they are not careful, their riches will pass away in a shorter time than they imagined also. The flower falls. Its beautiful appearance perishes, so the rich man will fade away in his pursuits. James is saying it's like Christianity brings to every man what every man or woman needs. If a man is lowly, it brings exaltation. If a man is rich, it brings humility and an understanding that they cannot depend on their riches, but on God who supplies all things that are good, and all good gifts from above. So James is saying, whatever you need in your life, pray for wisdom, and God will give you that wisdom to apply it to your own life so that you can become what God wants you to become and what you need to become. So if you're, you were raised poor and lowly and, 
and uh, that's the mentality you had. God wants to exalt you and not have you talk like you used to talk. And then if you were rich and talked like, yeah, I got plenty of money and whatever, I'd braggadocious. Then God said, no, I don't want you like that. I want you to come down and speak differently. So the word of God brings to every one of us exactly what we need. I like that. Christianity brings to the poor man a new sense of his own value. Christianity brings to the rich man a new sense of self-abasement and correction and awareness that he is nothing without God. It instructs the rich to be stewards of that money. Their wealth is to bring glory to God. And uh, folks, uh, money is to be used uh, to bring glory to God. First and foremost, all right? First and foremost, we bring glory to God with our money. Say amen, all right? And uh, you say, I don't have any money. Well, that's because you're not sowing, all right? So Because I'm telling you, the Bible says, if you sow, you shall maybe... No, it says you're going to reap, all right? If you sow, you're going to reap. And so don't, uh, you need wisdom to understand that, all right? You already understand that. You come to this church, you understand that, all right? You sow, you reap. You sow, you reap. I don't want, to be, I don't want you to be in a poor mouth. You know what a poor mouth is? Somebody always says, I don't have enough money. I don't have, what am I going to do? I don't ever have enough money. Woe is me, you know? Uh, like hee-haw used to be, uh, despair. I can't even remember what they said, but it was a, a pitiful song of self-depreciation uh, uh, of themselves. And so God doesn't want you to be like that, or I could never have that, or I could never own a house, or I could, no, dear God, Stop your mouth, all right? Uh, slap your mouth the next time you start talking like that. And if you won't do it, you husbands, you slap her mouth, all right? So I'm kidding, all right? Please do not do that ever, 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 never. And if you do, don't blame it on me. Okay, so James chapter 112, blessed is a man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Ah, blessed is the man who endures temptation. How many of you know, even as believers, spirit-filled believers, we're all going to be tempted. But if we will endure temptation or overcome temptation, we will receive the crown of life. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken man, but it's such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also offer or make a way of escape for you. And so, when we are tempted, what is God's word saying? Look for his way of escape. There will always be a way of escape, whether it's a temptation to sin, whether it's the temptation to grumble about life, whether it's the temptation to be perplexed by uh, or downcast or depressed about our circumstances in life. No. Choose to look for his way of escape. And sometimes, many times, 
God uses his people, our brothers and our sisters, to come alongside of us to be that way of escape, to help us in our time of need. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thanks for joining with us in our pursuit of getting closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.